Crafters and Craftsmen at Catskills Curated. NarrowsburgUnion.com Welcome to the local edition news and information to keep you connected in the Catskills in Northeast Pennsylvania. I'm your host, Jason Dolt. Thank you for joining us once again. Uh, coming up in the second half of the program, we're going to have a live guest right here in the studio. It's our friend Eugene Thalman, local farmer, nutrition advisor. You're coming right here into our studios in Liberty, New York. It's going to be great. First off, it is Thursday evening, and this is when we like to start off by checking in with Wayne County, Northeast Pennsylvania. It just so happens that the Chamber of the Northern Poconos presents two leadership programs specifically tailored to adults and high school juniors. These uh, workshops that are coming up, programs aim to nurture and develop the region's future leaders, help students gain a deeper understanding of how the county functions, and explore the region's opportunities and challenges. Here to tell us more, live on the phone, we've got Debbie Gillette, Chief Operations Officer for the Chamber of the Northern Poconos. Debbie, welcome to the program. Thanks so much for having me. Great to be here. So, um, so I, you know, I, I gave a very brief general idea. Can you tell us in more detail how uh, Leadership Northern Poconos works? Sure. It's a program that the Chamber began back in 2001, and we do have both adult programs that run and high school junior programs that run. Our high school junior program started in 2015. Um, it's an application process. So for the adult program, um, their employer will actually um, recommend one of their employees to come and take part in the program. And businesses range from, you know, our local hospital, Wayne Memorial Hospital, um, will send an employee, the county sends employees, some of our local banks, our school districts, some of our nonprofits, um, like the Library Alliance and things like that, send um, an employee. And we have actually had some applicants themselves that just want to participate on their own that aren't specifically related to a business in the region. So we've graduated well over... Um, 100 graduates of our leadership program since 2002 was the first graduation. And um, it's just overall an in-depth look of everything that goes on, not just in the county um, and at different county level things, but how local government works, the history of our region, um, environmental, recreation, tourism, um, economic development, the workforce in the region. We learn about some of the um, entrepreneurs and some of the things that they face. Um, law, law enforcement, criminal justice, we learn about the health care. Just many, many different topics. Um, the adult program runs for a full 10 months. Uh, it's a full day each month that they're with us from 8 in the morning until 4 or 4.30 in the wow. afternoon. You know, um, I mean, this is this is something that I, I don't know if you've heard of, uh, like Leadership Sullivan. This is sounding similar to what they do in Sullivan County as a Leadership Sullivan. Is this, is this a similar type of yes. program? Very similar program. Um, very similar to also Leadership Lackawanna that goes on in Lackawanna County. Um, the well, Wy- Wyoming County Chamber 
Also started one just the last in the last few years. Oh, cool! And it's just my I'm familiar. I'm more familiar with the Sullivan one, but in my experience, that one was always just just adults, like people that are like adults in the community. But you do it for adults and students. Yes, we started cool. our junior leadership in 2015. So we have um, five students from our local five from each school district. I should say. So we have students that come from Four City Regional High School, Western Wayne High School, Honesdale High School, and Wampaw Pack Area High School. It's become quite a competitive process between the high school students. They have to apply through their school and, of course, get parental permission, but they also have to have two um, letters of referral that come with that from outside of the school district, so people who personally know them. And one thing we've asked the school districts, um, we all know those kids that are in, like, National Honor Society and yeah. in advanced programs have a lot of – we more geared this program to what we say is the kids that kind of fall through the cracks. The ones that are, you know, like your C&B students, um, not necessarily um, very active in sports and other recreational activities – um, some of their volunteering that they do within the communities. We have a panel. We have a committee in the chamber that does review the applications, and we can only select five from each school district. And we run the adult program one year, which we just graduated a whole group this past July. And in October, our junior program started. So we run them kind of every other year for adults and juniors. But each year we have one or the other programs going. And one of the great things about both the juniors and the adult programs is that in order to graduate, the participants have to do a group project together, something that will benefit our communities. And it's been interesting to see the different ideas that have come up throughout the years. Um, it's, It's really a challenge for our high school students because, of course, they don't live in close proximity to each other to try to figure out what they're going to do and something that they could do collaboratively um, that will benefit not just, you know, their local hometowns, but in general, I mean, this is a large area we're covering. Yeah. So it's been a challenge for them, but it's really a great opportunity for them to really put their thinking caps on. And it really does prove that, you know, anyone can become a leader. You're, we're always surprised at which ones kind of pick the ball up and run with it whether it's the adult program or the high school student. Well, and con- conceptually, it brings the whole thing back home because uh, you start off by trying to get people, uh, you know, engaged, hands-on, meeting face-to-face with the folks that are making things happen, the organizations, the systems that make the county go. And then uh, at, for the conclusion of it, working on a project like that, that's a further hands-on, real-world uh, experience. It just kind of, it, it's it's like, fully complete conceptually. I like that. Yeah, it comes complete circle. And it's amazing to see, um, especially with some of the adults. We have adults that participate. Some people have been born and raised in Wayne County and learned so much about different processes and different things in the area that they never knew existed. We have people that take part in the program that might have moved here and taken a job here and aren't all that familiar with the area that learn many, many things. Um, 
you know, so it's it's been a great mix. So, you know, it's great networking for everyone to learn about different businesses in the region, different people. Um, for the high school students, it gives them a lot of connections for their future. Um, and it's also great, of course, on their college resumes if they're going to college or if they're going into the military or if they're going to a trade school. Um, it just looks good for them all around that they participate in things like this. You know, it's it, it gives you the, it's a networking opportunity. Sure. You know, that, and that's great. And there, there's the economic side of it. Um, but part of this, too, is like it's about being good citizens. It's about being better informed so you can be good citizens and not in some highfalutin conceptual of like, oh, you know, citizenship in general is a good thing to participate. But like in the practical terms of like, if we have informed citizens, if we have people that know what's going on in their community, then they can make the community uh, healthier. Yes. And our hopes, especially for the adult program, um, Many of the projects have revolved in joining a local nonprofit organization or getting on a board of directors for something, whether it's running for um, township supervisor or a borough council position, things like that. It's We feel it's really enhanced the quality of life for many people by taking this leadership program. I can tell you personally, I actually took the program in 2005 and 2006. And I met so many people through the program and my classmates, we were one of the largest classes that graduated with 21 because we try to limit it, you know, 18 to 20 people for the adults. Um, these are people I had never met before. And I, of course, I've worked at the chamber since 2003 and I already knew a lot of people, but I met many, many more people through this process. Um, you know, even got, have gotten really close with our facilitators for the program. We look for um, the ones who actually teach the classes are leaders or experts in their field. So, And they will also pull in other speakers for their day. To give you an example, um, the high school juniors just had their class on law enforcement and the criminal justice system. So our Wayne County District Attorney runs that program, and he pulls in county detectives, state police officers, wardens from the local prisons, things like that to speak to the kids on many different topics and things, you know, kids don't understand the judicial system and how things work. And we also hope it scares them a little bit not to ever get into trouble. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, something I've talked to with multiple folks over the last few years, um, you know, from Wayne County and, and Northeast PA is I also know there's, there's a keen interest in, uh, trying to retain young people rather than having the young people leave the area, you know, finding ways for them to, to stay in the area, whether it's through chamber initiatives, uh, like this or agricultural initiatives, you know, try to keep people, you know, working, uh, in those family businesses and stuff. So this just seems like another way, uh, to, to help do that, to retain the, the resource that you really have in the next generation. Absolutely. Eliminate the brain drain, as right, we like right. to call it. And let the let the high school kids know that there are many opportunities here for growth and advancement, whether they want to be an entrepreneur, whether they want to take up a trade. And that, if that's one thing I can stress to anybody listening is, you know, you don't always have to push your kids into a four-year degree. They can get a certification or a two-year degree for a trade. That is where it's at right now. We have electricians, plumbers. 
um, contractors, builders, HVAC people that are so overwhelmed, they can't hire people, they can't retain people, um, they want to retire and can't turn their business over to anyone. And we're talking some of these people make upwards of $200 an hour. You know, so it's a great opportunity to get a certificate-trained program or learn on the job and become an apprentice if you're in high school and, you know, you don't even have to be, if you want to say, mechanically inclined. You know, if you're good in math or good in science or, you know, or you like to do things with your hands, there's many opportunities for you. I think if I had to do it all over again, I'm having fun here on the radio. This is where I've made my home. But if I had to do it all over again, I'd, I'd, I'd tell my younger self, think about plumbing. Like, really think about going into plumbing. Because uh, it comes in handy. Regard- no matter what you go into in life, plumbing will come up somewhere again. So, <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, you know, we've been we've been talking here so much about this, and I've completely walked away from the uh, uh, prepared questions. And before we go, I'm just wondering if there's anything else that you wanted to get to uh, that I didn't ask you about. Um, I don't think we've pretty much covered. It's actually a really great program. So if you're an adult and want to take it, we'll be having another adult class starting in September. Um, our applications are up on the Chamber's website, northernpocono.org. Um, we are actually in the process of updating our website as well. We're going to be switching over here in, November, in March to a new website, but we will make sure all that information is retained, as well as all of the um, folks who have graduated have been part on that list. So you'll see the extensive list of folks who have graduated. Some have moved on to other jobs or moved out of the area. Unfortunately, we've had a few pass away mm. that have been graduates, but it's overall a really great program. And I can honestly say, like, your project portion of it will be the most um, rewarding feeling that you'll have. Um, we did have some really phenomenal projects that have come out of our programs. Um, we've had local score chapters started. Um, we had a group that honored our World War II veterans with a trip to Washington, D.C. to see the memorial. Um, just many, many great things and a lot of fundraising that these groups have done within our local communities to help other nonprofits. Okay. And the registration's at the website. It's Northern Poconos. Is that .org or .com? Northern Poconos.org. Northern Poconos.org. We've been talking to Debbie Gillette, Chief Operations Officer for the Chamber of Northern Poconos, talking about uh, leadership Poconos. Debbie, thanks again for joining us tonight. It was a great conversation. Thanks so much for having me. We're going to take a quick break, but don't go anywhere. We come back. Eugene Thalman, for the first time ever live in the studio. You don't want to miss it. You're listening to The Local Edition, winner of two Excellence in Broadcasting Awards from the New York State Broadcasters Association. Radio Catskill. Listen local. On last week's Wait, Wait, Emmy Blotnick figured out who Congressman George Santos really is. No, he looks like like Marco Rubio's Clark Kent. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Peter Sagal. Join us as Secretary of State Anthony Blinken reveals his secret identity. It's an unusually diplomatic news quiz from NPR. Sunday morning at 10 on Radio Catskill.
Support comes from the Homestead School, Montessori Education, preschool through early college with campuses in Glens Bay and Hurleyville, building the intelligence, creativity, connection, and skills for an ecological future since 1978. Homesteadschool.com. From the River Reporter newspaper in Narrowsburg, New York. Riverreporter.com. And from listener donations at WJFFradio.org. Welcome back to the local edition news and information keeping you connected in the Catskills in Northeast Pennsylvania. Northeast Pennsylvania for you. Oh, and I, I, if I didn't say it already, I'm Jason Dole having an interesting evening here. It is about to get a lot more interesting because I don't always have guests whose faces I can see and condolences to the guests who now can see my face because Eugene Thalman's here live in the studio for the first time. We talked many times over the past couple of years, but never in person. So welcome to the studio. Yeah, thanks for having me here. It's absolutely amazing to be in this facility. I remember when it was the uh, Catskill Market many many years ago and you guys did a phenomenal job on the infrastructure yeah you like, like it how, how it looks here that's that's great and i, I should mention of course uh eugene Melman, f- local farmer uh a, a nutritionist uh, focusing on nutrition and wellness in the catskills but uh, eugene you were listening to that conversation we just did with leadership poconos and it was reminding you of leadership sullivan because you actually went through that program yeah, it was a great program. Uh, one of the most important parts of it is that I got to meet some really great people that I get to work with in our local community. And we all have a very similar mission of just making where we live better. Great, great. And, and, uh, you, you know, what did you get that connections thing? Like you meet, you know, like meeting different people is like, you know, way to die. When did you come to the area? So I've been in the area for eight years, but. Uh, interesting story. My family had an original fr- French fur trapping charter uh, before the inception of the county. Wow. My family also was one of the original farmers in Canosa Lake. Um, and then I've been in the town of Liberty for eight years, but my grandmother bought her house in 1964. And when she bought it, there was actually parsnips growing in the backyard. So... <laughs> Long history. A <laughs> lot of family connection going way back and always things growing right through it. And you did mention you're, you're in Liberty, so I should have said howdy neighbor. Thank you for stopping on by. Um, so, uh, what, what did we want to talk about? What are you, what are you working on? It's been some time since we last spoke. What do you, what have you been up to? Well, two things I want to touch upon, or three things I want to touch upon. Uh, the farm is going great. About to plant some salad greens. And, uh, you know, it's going to be a great early greenhouse season. Uh, the next thing would be the Calicoon Farmer's Market, 11 to 2 on Sundays, going strong. Get your local produce there and all of a variety of food needs. Uh, and also, we for Catskill Mountain Keeper, we've been having Health and Wellness Fridays from 3 to 6 in Hurleyville. Uh, we're having me, state licensed nutritionist, uh, talk about your health and wellness. Remember, this is not to cure, prevent, or treat any il- illness. But, hey, you want to talk about some type of food-related or wellness situation, I'm a great resource, and you can come to the Catskill Mountain Keeper office from 3 to 6 on Fridays in Hurleyville. So, uh, and, and that's, so that, that's, so that's happening this Friday. Another yep. one. Yeah. Every, every Friday. Yeah. Okay. Great. And, um, you know, it's, you started to say you're starting to put in some greens. I'm thinking like, man, it's kind of cold for that, but you're talking about in a greenhouse, right? Yeah. yeah. In a greenhouse. And what's good about greenhouse, uh, culture is when we're gaining more light, uh, that means that we get to trap that 
infrared radiation and things that can tolerate colder temperatures are getting more sunlight. They're getting heat during the day and you can get a really early jump on the season. And it's not like I have a great crystal ball. Sometimes you don't really see the cracks in your ability to predict the future. But based on what I've seen this year with the weather, it's going to be wet. It's going to be pretty mild. We'll have some really tough cold snaps, but all you have to do is put some uh, time and effort and energy into protecting the crops in a greenhouse, doing a little extra work. But it's going to hopefully grow great. And, you know, so those greens that you're putting in the greenhouse, they'll spend their whole life span in the greenhouse. They'll come out of the greenhouse and, and get eaten, right? Well, it, it, we're looking at like about a six-week period. So six to nine weeks. So if I plant them, say, next week, uh, that means they have about three weeks until they're a baby green, maybe four weeks because it's a bit cold still. Um, mind you, I have the ability to put uh, heated water throughout the greenhouse on them, so I'm able to disperse heat in that way. Wow. I have a variety of technologies in this greenhouse, which is <laughs> really allowing me to get at this early season. Um, so in about three weeks, they'll start being ready to be harvested. might take a little longer. Uh, you cut it once, you'll get a second cutting, maybe two weeks later, maybe even a third cutting. But in about seven weeks from now, eight weeks from now, everything will be ripped out. And because we installed also radiant heat lines in these beds, we're going to get an early start to the tomatoes in this greenhouse house do you and that's the next thing i was going to ask then because these these things will be totally growing in the greenhouse do you have other things that you start in the greenhouse then move outdoors yeah what's really amazing about the setup i have is i have a 16 by 22 germination room which is primarily used for microgreens but i'm able to keep it basically at 75 degrees um 18 hours of of light uh, with a relative humidity around 60%. So it's an ideal for young plants. And we have three greenhouses or high tunnels right now, 8,000 square feet. So we're going to start in the one with the most technology, the most ability to augment the variables. And then we're going to move into the, the progressively least success, uh, least scientific greenhouses. So, and then as we get to the later part of the season, you know, the last one has no running water to it now, but that's coming in the spring. You know, um, turn my mic on, you know, um, like I have the luxury or, or, or the misfortune either way, not being a farmer that I can often ignore a lot of what's happening outside. You know, because I'm not, I'm not living. You know, I, I I isolate myself as many people do with technology and 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 food that just magically appears in stores, and I'm not connected to the seasons. I will say that I don't know why what happened this winter, but for whatever reason, I really, really have taken notice of the the change of the season, the change of light after the solstice. That I could tell right away, even before the end of the year, that the days really were getting longer. And I don't know why I've never really noticed it before. I was very grateful for it. I'm like, wow, I'm really seeing more and more light. Changes with the weather every day. So I'm wondering what what you're thinking of at this time of year. What observations you're making as somebody who's really in it about like what you know what's going on with the changing seasons right now. And and what is it that you use this time for? Well. You know, I'm so glad that you asked that. I, I like to think of myself as a science-based farmer and educator. and But on the other side of that, I also like to think about of spiritualism and mysticism as well. But knowing those concrete variables like temperature, light, humidity, um, and how that affects seed growth. But on the other end, too, one variable that 
can be quantified by science would be some type of magnetic pull when the pole is shifting back toward more light. For instance, between the time of like December 15th and January 15th, the change in life or the derivative of change in light is probably minimal. And it's really hard to notice those minute, minute differences. Yeah. But the plant, even below the soil level, some of the greenhouse microgreen scrap seeds that go on the ground during the process, as soon as it turned a little bit past the new year, just like you got to notice that change in light, they did too. But because they had the soil on top of them, I'm wondering if there's another variable like magnetic pull that might even affect it as well. So, But I did notice, and this is one of the reasons why I don't do a late fall slash early winter crop is because the change in light you're just battling so many factors that are against you that you really can pick on up on the momentum of nature if you start after that solstice it makes so much more sense to start seeding now versus seeding it earlier letting it go dormant it just gets scungy it's it's like the difference between like you know floating downstream and or paddling upstream it's like why why go against the grain like go go with with the flow yeah well i mean there's so many different ways about business methodology and and you know production methodology and you know the biggest part is is can you sell it and <laughs> I know that early on in the season, those salad greens, especially when they're not sprayed with anything, they're using good quality nutrient and well water. People want that. And I'm just so thankful that we have such a robust market and people wanting the food that we can produce greens at this quality and this scale and provide our community. We're going to have to go in just a couple of minutes. I'm wondering if you wanted to use these couple of minutes just to give us some answer question. I know I've asked you before, which is, um, you know, it's tough to eat well during the winter. Any tips you want to share with folks uh, of how they could approach these cold months as we're still waiting for things to get warmer out there? You know, I've been reflecting about my diet recently. I've done pretty well with it and I must ta- pat myself on the back for keeping my New Year's re- resolution. Congrats. <laughs> but – I've been eating a lot of rice and beans again lately, like good quality, short grain brown rice. I've been buying it at the uh, Calicoon Pantry in Calicoon. As you know, I go to the farmer's market in Calicoon every Sunday. So going to the pantry right after the market's great. Uh, you know, I, I've been eating a lot of that short grain brown rice and black beans that makes a complete protein. Uh, the vegetables, a lot of cauliflower and broccoli seem to be looking real nice in the stores right now. And, you know, just ha- having those really hearty meals you know, like a porridge of rice and beans. It's really affordable, a lot of calories, high fiber, good nutrients, keep you regular, you know, all the good stuff. Good. I'm, I'm getting in more into rice. Somebody gave me a rice cooker for Christmas. Oh, that's so, awesome. Yeah, yeah. I never had one before. And I'm like, oh, this is much simpler. So, Oh, listen to yeah. this. <laughs> you can take a clove, like a real a regular clove, maybe a bay leaf, and you put it in that rice water rice water to cook and it's going to flavor that whole dish in the rice cooker so definitely play around with putting a couple seasonings in that rice water before the cooking process and letting the seasoning impregnate the rice 
All right. See, this is why we have Eugene here. Give us good tips like this. Uh, one more time. You've got Health and Wellness Fridays happening in Hurleyville. When and where does that happen? Uh, three to six in the Catskill Mountain Co- Keeper office in Hurleyville. Catskill Mountain Keeper office in Hurleyville. Health and Wellness Fridays. And, and where can people find more? Are you active on social media? Being a farmer, I can't imagine you, you spend a lot of time there. Uh, I have a minimal internet presence. This, <laughs> the organizations that I'm a part of do a really fantastic job. So if you found Mountain Keeper on Instagram, there's plenty of information there. Um, as well as, you know, a great way to find me is track me down at the farmer's market right at the end. I'm be more than happy to talk. Calicoon, Sundays, 11 to 2. We've been talking to Eugene Thalman, farmer and nutritionist, live and in person, face-to-face. It's been great seeing you uh, for the first time again, Eugene. Thank you. Uh, thanks for having me on. Well, that's going to do it for the local edition tonight. I want to thank you so much for listening. Remember, never miss any edition of the local edition. Subscribe to our podcast. Sign up for a podcast wherever you get our podcast from. Remember, it's Radio Catskill. You can always listen on air online at WJFFradio.org on smartphone and smart speaker. And you want to stay tuned coming up. We've got Ramble Tamble Thane Peterson in for John Gordon in our Honesdale studio. That's coming up next. This is Radio Catskill, WJFF Jeffersonville, W233AH Monticello. This week on This American Life, when Megan was in college, she spent a whole year in the library learning how to speak Mandarin to write the characters all for her dad. I wanted to learn Chinese because I was trying to get closer to you. I wanted to learn that her father did not, in fact, speak Mandarin. Yep. Surprise. That's the kind of relationship they always had, until recently, when everything changed. It's this week. Saturday at 6 on Radio Catskill. Support for Radio Catskill comes from 52 and Vine, a wine and spirits shop in Jeffersonville, featuring local, national, and eclectic vintners and distillers. 52andvine.com. From the Upper Delaware Welcome Center at the Narrowsburg Union, featuring information about regional attractions and activities, along with products by the region's artists, artisans, makers, and craftsmen at Catskills Curated. NarrowsburgUnion.com.